0: So I'll try to respond to some to some of your questions. There were too many to cover in this time. I think if too much talk too much it can perhaps uh you know overstimulate and sort of diffuse our, our attention. But um just touch into a few, a few of these. <coughs> So first, what does it mean to skillfully negotiate dumb-oriented con- dumb-oriented contact with other beings? Well, essentially, you find your own centre, your midline, and uh, that's and you stay in that, in that, that centre, and you. Kind of just tentatively open, and then you have to negotiate, which can be done like bodily. Often people do this bodily; they kind of look at each other and, how are you? Okay, you know, some sense of a little bit of interplay, Uh, and uh, and then you're sensing what's happening here. And as as things get uh, you know activated, you want to stay until some of the activation has settled a little bit Move in. Now. So putting it very briefly, but basically um, unnego- there is you know contact, skillful contact is always negotiated. If it's not negotiated it's called impact, which is a different kind of contact, you know, spap. Uh, which we can also do and sometimes that's okay or it kind of works to a degree but if you want something a little dumber oriented contact where you're really kind of uh, sensitive and there's receptivity and you're not going into your patterns your personality patterns and triggering uh, and you stay centered then you have to negotiate it and this can be done to a certain extent, you know, like just feeling presence and a bit of verbal exchange. How's that? Is this okay right now? And, and I'm feeling this. And is this the time? And generally we kind of invite and uh, question and request with a sense of respect. Mm-hmm. You know, you find your way, <coughs> but it's all guesswork. And it's all guesswork, and so there has to be that quality of, you know, the, the least thou or Hold a centre. At least I'll try to, to maintain respect, which means I don't know. I cannot know where you're at. I don't know how I affect you, um, but I'm, I do know I do affect you. <laughs> uh, and so, can we give me give me a clue? <laughs> uh, you know, how you language that or indicate that? That's that to me is the important piece: is to not assume that we know. Hey, hi, Mary, how you doing? You know, because cause you know the face. But, you know, obviously, a lot of the time, just knowing the face and saying some friendly things is is kind of okay, but it's not real, not in the this deep contact process. Um, is, is of a different nature. And maybe we can uh, go into that. There'll be some more for people who <laughs> want to go, <laughs> go into it, uh, there'll be some more relational work, racial possibilities in the next couple of days. and it's best that you you know you, 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 you actually practice it a lot. Because it's all guesswork, really. But respectful, sensitive guesswork. Recognising you get it wrong, time and time again. But um, if there's respect, mutual respect, then we can. Okay, never mind. Let's start again. Without I'm difficult. My, my eyes, my eyesight's going at this particular time. It's strange. Phenomenon that sometimes occurs, I get this sort of very um, strange visual field starts distorting. It may have been the reparker of too much acid years ago. (laughs) 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 I can't always, so the things kind of move around. Without getting marginalized, discounted, attacked, or ignored how does one offer or present this type of contact which may take time, effort, openness and the world is often um, fractured, frenetic, chaotic changing and moving very very rapidly not often open, willing or even equipped or able to receive and engage in this manner (laughs) well essentially you you don't it's just you know you, you, you can't it's, it has to be two two people involved. If the other person isn't able to to uh, to have a negotiated contact, then you you can't do it. Mm. Mm. So you can only you know stay in your own presence, your own field, and make a few suggestions like, uh, and um, yeah, actually I'm not really there yet. I'm not with that. Mm. Yeah, you know, I hear what you're saying, but that that's not my concern right now. Yeah. Well, I, I understand. I get what you're saying, but I don't find I can accept that. You know, you just got to kind of at least sta- stand your own ground. Somebody's kind of throwing stuff at you, or whatever. Then you say, well, um, yeah, I can't. I can't be with that right now. So perhaps another time. <laughs> you know, you can't. It's, it's taking on too much. And even to, even with even when there is openness, it still takes quite a bit of. Of doing, to to maintain skillful contact, you know, even when there's openness, because we live in such a, oh well, I don't know, speaking personally, but, you know, such a deeply fractured, and dissociated domain, you know, and you know, so just to just to sort of come out of that, and you can't learn this in your head; you've got to learn it doing the f- doing the field work. Anything we can do to protect ourselves when we're in situations like work we're required to be in close proximity with people we refer not to be close to. Well that's pretty much the same. You've got to maintain this this axis and 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 that that takes quite a lot of resolution because there's so many things whereby people kind of I don't know if they really know what they're doing, but pull you away from it. With senses if you're, you're it's obli- you're obliged to you should do I'm going to be hurt if you don't <laughs> you know uh, so you, you lose you have your center you know you, are, you so th- there's all this thing going on or you've got to be compulsive if you're not compulsive I'm going to be annoyed um, so threats and and seductions of various kind so essentially you've got to sort of generally it's good to deflect too tum- eye contact a little either zone back or just slightly deflect eye contact, keep with your feet and uh, just stay on your ground uh, and um, you know so it's a sense of which openness though it's a lovely idea is, is not always a possible realistically. If you're open in such situations, you get shredded. So there has to be a sense of a closure which is not you know it's protective. There's something to be protected here. So it's, it's a closure like that rather than a closure like that. So we maintain our sense of dignity and uh, self-respect and if people can meet me on that ground well and good. If they can't We could negotiate. If they can't negotiate, (laughs) you just got to do holding patterns, you know, and, 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 um, you know, just simple statements again and again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I hear what you're saying, but, yeah, yeah, I know, I hear what you're saying, but, yeah, you said that yesterday, but, yeah, but, you know, you know. It's sort of you often need to say the same thing over and over again before people get it, and that's that's holding your boundary. And you know, uh, sometimes I'm not saying people, but these energies that rush through people do not want you to have a boundary. They want you to be swept away. You know, I don't think people are conscious of that, but that's what these energies do. And so, it doesn't do them any good, really. I mean, this is... I think I'll leave that one. Is it helpful to name and focus on positive meditative states like gladness, joy, contentment, dispassion, or stay with the feeling, the pure energies. Do we gladden the mind by focusing on positive states or by staying with energies? Well, the the positive states do have energies. Um, So... You focus on a quality like gladness, there's a certain, you might say, an emotional resonance there. And there's a particular brightness of energy, so you you hold them both. Mm. I don't know if I really understand the question, actually. This morning you mentioned what are the boundaries of our heartfulness, soulfulness, spirit. What do you mean by spirit? Or any of this? How is this different from self-atta soul? How does what you are talking about (laughs) fit with the aggregates and other Dhamma teaching? Indeed. Um. I, I, I sympathize. <laughs> well, uh, what I mean by these terms is aspects of chitta. So, you know, which is often translated as mind, mm. and sometimes translated as heart, sometimes translated as awareness. Mm. And um so you know, language is itself is just guesswork, really. Um, you know, there's, an, there's experiences, aren't there? There are there? There are experiences, subjective experiences that. Oh, there's that, and then we try to find some word that will cover what that is. So you look around in the language box, and you find words that. Yeah, you that's know, pretty. It doesn't cover it all so i often can use a range of words to cover different nuances different aspects of that uh, what I, what i'm referring to mm. so mind heart awareness so chitta is both it's uh, receptive it's sensitive it's affective it's, it's, it gets affected and it also rises up it activates And uh, at certain um, aspects have us. It activates along. Sometimes it activate. It activates along rational lines. You know, it sort of activates and it stimulates, and thoughts come up. Mm-hmm. It's that which, you know, sets th- things t- rolling, and then maybe then something comes in that starts to form thoughts, which is called. Uh, the manal faculties, so a sort of separate sub-faculty. And so it does that. And we all know where that happens, but we also recognize that there's this way it generates um, emotion and impulse and urges and drives. Some of them, you know, kind of familiar things like um, well-being or irritation. Some of them more perhaps strange, irrational urges, compulsions, addictions, phobias. Um, It can go into what we might call almost paranormal experiences where we feel um, strange psychic phenomena arising. All that's jitta. Mm. Mm. The term psyche sometimes can be used to cover it all. And as we begin to... uh, made more clear, particularly in this l- the century previous century through um, psych- psychology psychoanalysis psychotherapy, and all that um that a lot of what uh, people are generally languaged as you know demons and angels out there they start to read language as strange forces in here <laughs> yeah uh, and and so these are um Sometimes we might apply the word spirit to that, uh, or spirits, different spiritual qualities. When you say you're practicing spiritual practice, what are you talking about? (laughs) Because there are certain qualities that seem to arise from outside of one's normal personal sphere. Uh, And this is kind of the rising of the spirit the citta, or elements of the citta, are touching into the dharma field, the sacred field you might say. Whether it's conventional Buddhist or something, tapping into something where you know, hey, there's an arising and it's got a certain directive. So citta also can carries intentionality and intentionality doesn't mean deliberate decision, it means a kind of an urge, a calling. Mm. So, in this respect, using English language, you might say, you know, a calling of the heart or a calling of the spirit occurs. One's Faith is arising. And that's a a spiritual urge, isn't it? The arising of faith. It's not something like you decide to have it or you get talked into it. (laughs) It just wells up. So in this respect, um, I would call that, use the word spirit to, to I don't use it very much because of all the kind of nuances it can create. Mm. Okay, so (coughs) what is so jitter, this and all this and not self. Um, The word atta referred to um, a kind of like a, a sense of an entity that dwelt within the human being. And at the death, this entity, this spirit, this soul, went off and maybe united with Brahma in the Indian uh, psychology. And probably in Christianity have a similar thing. The soul, you know, after death, the soul emerges and unites with, with God or lives with God. So it's it's a sense of something that's definitely an, like an entity. And what we do not experience, what is not talked about, or is not um, um, sensed in Buddhadharma is that citta is an entity. Although naturally as soon as you use a word like that, once you use a word you, it seems like an entity. But when you experience it, it's not an entity. It's a whole field of effects and causes and and, and obvious causes and effects, thoughts, emotions, uh, urges, drives, negative, positive. And there's also a kind of a quiet awareness of that you know, through which all this stuff flows. You could say that in that way, citta almost like an open space through which these forms flow. But you cannot cut it out and, and say, oh, it's that big or it lives in here. You cannot find a boundary to it. You can't find an edge to it. Um, You cannot own it. (laughs) Uh, So the definitions of selfhood are generally that it has a boundary. It's mine and not anybody else's. Um, You know it's definitely mine. It's Nobody else's. It's unique. Um, uh, um, And all inside it is mine. That would be myself. Well, as you contemplate Jitta, you recognise the stuff running through there. You didn't really know much about at all, <laughs> and you certainly didn't create it. And it comes, and then, woof, woof. Where did that one come from? And it, it maybe has resonances of familiarity, but it's the things that move, and you begin to sense. Well, this is a ricochet of conditions that occurred. You know, perhaps some of you talking about in the American political landscape, you know, suddenly all sorts of stuff starts rolling through on that account, you know, and then you're in it or you seem to be in it. It's moving through you. Well, what kind of self is it's got no boundaries to it? And there's all kinds of things happening in it that it's not owning and it can't even have control over. So, in this sense although there is definitely intelligence, sensitivity, responsiveness, irritation love compassion all these things are available there isn't some entity that uh, owns it has it turns it on and, switch it and switches it off and there are factors such as mindfulness that can stabilize uh, so that's a potency in the field and if certainly if attention is drawn there you know if there is that wisdom to discern that then that wisdom can choose and you know sustain the sati mindfulness of something skillful. You know, you think, well, how does this operate without somebody doing it? Well, you know, if you, for example, just lift lift your lift your hand up and move it down again. Uh, how many muscles do you think oper- did that movement? Did you decide, oh, well, I've moved that muscle and that muscle and that, or did it just, the body knew what it was doing? Hmm? The body knows what it's doing. Hmm. Similarly, in this jitta quality, the jitta has intelligences and sensitivities. It gets confused, certainly, but it has a primary, primary wisdom that kind of It gets clouded over, obscured by ignorance, but it it organizes, it does things. It it organizes, sometimes it organizes disasters. (laughs) Uh, If I want to say it has organizing intelligence, it doesn't mean it's always on the right track, but it always operates. It operates without somebody operating it. And you think, well, exactly, because who would be the self who stands outside of the citta and operates it? <laughs> where would they be? You know, Where is this self? Hmm. So, but, um, you know, as I say, what is familiar gets taken to be that. The f- it's self is really a sense of familiar pattern. And certainly some patterns are familiar. Hmm. But, Did you put them there? Did you generate them? Mm. I don't think that's not, that doesn't do it. Thank you, thank you. But it's not that kind of thing. It's just a, a ripple effect. Is there a difference between the five spiritual faculties and the five spiritual powers bala so there's five spiritual faculties which i mentioned um sadha virya sati samadhi panya that's uh, loosely translated faith um, energy mindfulness concentration wisdom and these are also the names of five spiritual powers uh, so the, so you have sadha is an in indriya it's also a power and the sense of this is, it is as Indriya, they are present, or they're potentially present for all of us. We have some degree of faith in something, you know, some degree of that, um, so that they are there. We have to always have some degree of mindfulness, otherwise we'd be completely mad uh, and dysfunctional. <laughs> So it's there, but uh, then as you develop and focus on them and give them more uh, use, they become powers. So the power is really the fully developed, fully uh, uh, strengthened indriya, and they're said to merge in the deathless. So as they come together, then they 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 merge in the deathless, and I kind of wish I hadn't said that now because you're going <laughs> to ask me a question about that. <laughs> you mentioned consciousness creating duality. I thought that was perception. Um, well, perception goes along with consciousness. Um, but, uh, mm, The nature of perception is to generate um, generics out of specifics, so of all the different shades of blue we develop the sense of, oh that's blue, but of course every tinge of blue is slightly different, well, that's, that's in the blue. Well, you might have slightly blue, dark blue, deep blue, faded, you know, slightly or, you know. But no, it's blue. So that's, you see, you get generic impression. I would say that's Joseph. Well, you know, but then again, it's there's all kinds of different qualities in which Joseph could manifest. <laughs> well, that's that's in the Joseph thing, <laughs> something like that. So perceptions genate, create generic um, um, qualities that we can then... Take with us. I get a feeling. If we know they they create a certain library. The quality of the arising of consciousness um, is um, very cryptically um, uh, defined as uh, dependent dependent with with ignorance with unknowing as a condition. These uh, sankharas these potencies these creative tendencies start activating and consciousness uh, is activated yeah. and the consciousness generates nama and rupa or dependent upon consciousness is nama and rupa nama is everything that to do with knowing or naming and rupa is everything to do with the object so from consciousness arises as consciousness activates, it generates uh, uh, like a a scene and a seer. From the act of seeing, which is what happens, the act of seeing occurs. Yeah, the act of seeing occurs, and as seeing, as visual consciousness comes in, you know, if your eyes are okay, <laughs> then you get the sense of distinct forms, and you know and also as that comes in then we we sense i am looking out i am seeing things mm. now a seer cannot exist unless there's something to see can it i could be a listener but i can't be a seer without a, uh, without seeing in a scene so the subject exists in a dependent relationship with the object obviously the object cannot manifest without Seeing, you know, you can't have a scene without seeing, and you can't have a seer without seeing. But the seer and the scene depend codependently unfold from the act of seeing. So that's that's the duality, and of course, in that duality, as various other things come in, many other qualities come in, the seer. Becomes seemingly separate from the scene, and you know. And then, as they feel separate from the scene, then they can start to like it, dislike it, poke it, change it. You know, this the relationship starts to occur around a sense of separation, and the basis of that is consciousness. You know, if we are actually very um, steady about even seeing consciousness and you just maintain the quality of seeing uh, and don't get if you just keep it like keeping your eyes open then you see this very large visual field and a very strong instinct to try to focus on a particular object. Now if you have the very wide visual field it's quite difficult to sense discrete objects you just got a kind of changing map of, of colors. Yeah. but almost immediately the attention wants to narrow down to something about this this wide. Then oh yeah, there's so and so and so and so, and it, the eyes flicker around. Now that is another quality called attention. And that's directed by the mind. So the object comes into form. Dependent upon, uh, you know, the uh, particular action that occurs, and clearly, as we probably, if you consider it carefully, you'd recognise that, uh, you know, what we see, what we really see, is quite subjective. You know. I know what what draws my attention you know, and then you know, oh yes. so you focus on the focus is quite subjective. We don't notice the walls, we don't notice the lights, we don't notice the chairs, we notice the faces mm. and yet, in all this the ceiling, no, I don't really notice there, but no, nothing. we notice the faces. Uh, because those naturally carry much more subjective meaning for us than anything else, so but that's see how the subject subjective quality starts to form the objects, and the objects kind of start to form the subject because the objects carry potency, something creates them, and then I feel interested or desiring or nervous because that particular thing there. But I created it, you know, my my attention created it. And so, you know, I, I gradually become more and more patterned as this process goes on. What advice can you give upcoming Dhammas teachers in the West? Well, more practice is necessary. And uh, Kalyanamita. Practice a lot and cultivate Kalyanamita spiritual friendship to. So, you, you, those are the. for anybody, not just Dhamma teachers, but upcoming human beings. <laughs> <laughs> practice a lot and uh, stay with what you know and don't don't bluff and um, seek Kalyanamita who will help to tell you when you're bluffing (laughs) and accept you or love you all the same briefly speaking and I'm sure there's much advice you can in detail you can get from other uh, Dhamma teachers but that would be my little piece in it in that Offering. So, this person's asked quite a few. I just check if anybody else has something to say, ask about. Uh, Do you talk more about transmuting sexual energy into a steady state? How? Mm. Mm. Well, more practice is necessary. (laughs) So, you know, there's energy and it can can operate, the more you're in touch with energies, uh, as a constant feature of this embodiment experience and this heart experience, energies it's always there it's always energies are there and they're they're effective they're affected they they are highly volatile qualities and uh, um, mm, uh, and they, they have a certain they can have a certain luminosity and radiance to them in body energies so the more we just operate with body energies it's really you know this particular Essentially, there's a se- sexual channel. It can travel down. And it, by nature, yes, that's, that's what it would do, because that's, that's the nature of the body. The point of having a body is to make sure there's more bodies around. <laughs> that's its program in one way. So said, yeah, if you, then you have to actually just like pause there, and ideally before it becomes really deeply sexual, just to handle body energy and start to bring it through the whole body form. Um, you know, so the more that you can sense your body energy moving through the whole form, then the qualities of uh, of the body, body energy if, you know, can have a certain uh, vitality, uh, warmth, uh, fulfilling quality, and if that can sense through the entire body, then... You know you're not just not just all rushing down the sexual channels sexual channel, and it's a much steadier quality. sexual energy is generally pretty volatile and rushing can um, call it steeply pleasant um, but this other w- way of fusing the entire body with it um is a, is a softer but it's more steady state it means you can stay in that for. For many hours and then Samadhi particularly is, is when that steady state energy is, is becomes very strong and felt, and then you can stay with that and even as you come out of samadhi some some of the after effects of that are still still there mm. so this d- definitely is possible to do and so you know some people myself, managed celibacy for Decades um, and on a sort of practical, just very practical level, um, you know, have is recommend sort of moving up your spine. And so feeling the spine and bringing your awareness and your energy. So where your awareness goes, your energy would go with that. So, where your awareness goes, if you really fully bring awareness into the body, then that's where your energy will be. And if you can move that energy thickly through the spinal channels, up the spine, into the heart. So, this often you might have come across the chakras and things of that nature. So, these are definitely known um, centers. So, move, moving energy through these, because these people who got this, who developed this technology, you know, they knew about energy and they knew about sexuality and they knew what they were doing, they knew how to channel it. And they could recognize, yeah, you know, sexuality is just what beings do. But with this, you can can harness that and you can direct it to other purposes that um, many people, well, good people can find more long-term beneficial, less snags and side effects Uh, definitely one needs a loving heart and uh, a lot of patience and sense restraint yeah but also really feeling it and directing it through the body breathing in out is a very helpful medium but it has to come up and through and be felt through the whole body and this definitely has an effect on lessening sexual appetite because if you're getting this kind of quasi erotic, you know, experience this way, and it's like, you know, well, you know, there's a kind of lot of stuff you don't have to deal with, <laughs> 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 uh, and it's lasting longer. And so when the Buddha described jhana, and it's it's pretty sensual in many respects. He said just. Uh, there's not one part of one's body that isn't suffused, drenched, saturated with pleasure. Um, pleasure born of the disengaged attention. So we pull back from the sense contact, you disengage the, the, what we say, the more natural channels, the sexual channels, pull back and breathe through the entire form. And the more you develop, awareness, breathing, and the energy with breathing. The more we develop real awareness and handle that energy, this will um, can suffuse the entire felt body and one's appetite, sexual appetite, definitely drops and um, and even, you know, kind of more sexual reflex tends to Become less compulsive, and it re- re- you know, really reconfigures your, your your way you experience yourself and other people. Mm. There's quite a lot of. of um, side of negative side effects with sexual energy clearly there's a lot of sexual abuse but even when it's not abusive it can it's pretty uh you know it, it use a lot of juice in that uh, and and other t- other qualities can get mixed up with it you know like power and domination and things of this nature so it's uh it's certainly cultivating transmuting so that you, if you, you know, if you are in, engaging in relational sexual, you know, sharing sexuality, well, that's fine in its own way, but you want to at least purify it so it's not just compulsive. It's something there's a certain you know, loving and proper container for that. And, you know, certainly you know, it can be the case that It's enough just to be in your own form. What is meant by some Clear comprehension. Well, again, these are words. (coughs) Anya, um, this this particular piece of it, is often associated with a sense of of knowing that's not a thought, but a sense, you might say, awareness or insight, knowing something that's silently sensing things. This is the Anya. And uh, um, so it's a kind of know-how or, a, or a, uh, that kind of awareness. And the rest of the words, uh, the words are just uh, amplify it. it means thoroughly, completely. Some is thoroughly, pa, completely. Janya, thoroughly, completely knowing <laughs> <laughs> means you're really on the ball, uh, uh, and so that's a certain agility, alertness. That sometimes translates as alertness, uh, full awareness, full knowing. It's sometimes translated that to try to give people a sense of really like you're on, literally on the ball. like What I call wilderness training. You kind of you know you can go in any which way. And you just, but then it it's also sensing in all this, you know, which is the proper direction, and it comprehends the nature of experience to be, you know, changing, um, 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 not self. So it contains aware of the arising and passing of phenomena. That's it's one of its features. So it's that sense of this this is rising up, changing, and passing. It's, it's generally coupled with sati, sati sampajanya, In the satipatthana Sutta, it means one is mindful, one is bearing something in mind, and as you stay with it, you're also savvy to what this is about. Necessary, absolutely necessary, because uh, um, as far as I can sense, is you know people often jump rather than check things out. We jump to the next. Mm-hmm Mm and Sampajanya is this experience is changing happening Mm -hmm. stay in the center stay in the center knowing so Sampajanya helps one to stay literally on the ball as it's turning (laughs) it knows the ball but it doesn't roll over with it Mm-hmm. Mm. so if one's mopping the floor or something you're in your body and you're mopping the floor and you're staying with that with whatever it takes to you know whatever detergent or water or broom or whatever you're using you know you can use all that and you stay centered and from that cent- center you're alert to the qualities of what you're operating in but you're not absorbed in them. Mm. And you're not imposing an idea upon them. You're just aware of it, alert to it. Mm. Quality of a craftsperson, you know, mm. is they the, So the mindfulness, you're holding your piece of wood carefully in your hand and you have your chisel or something and you're aware just of how that wood could splinter if you do it if you go too hard or too quick and you're aware of that chisel could slash your finger if you don't hold it correctly. So you're aware of that. So that awareness itself is before the action. You know, it's just supervising the quality of the action. Right? So we could act, and we'd still be to a degree, we'd be mindful holding the thing, we'd be acting, but some vaginas think, um from here just be aware you know of actually what's the details of what's happening there don't get lost in ideas of progress and making it work and getting the finished result don't get lost in those um, realize this is a chisel it's sharp you know so don't slash around that's wood it can it won't take certain qualities so it's aware of the qualities of the material and the qualities of the action, and yet, itself, it's not participating, it's supervising, alert to it. And as things change, it's alert. Hey, did you see what happened there? You know, take it easy. So it's alert to the the material and to the actions that we're doing. So it can often uh, ask us to slow down, pause, take another angle, because we're alert to all the, the qualities that are arising. Sampajanya, Sati Sampajanya, mindfulness, and clear comp- comprehension. So I think probably not for today. you think jhana training is necessary I think it's uh, very helpful Mm. train towards that because uh, whether one degree to which one those result or not is sometimes dependent upon one's capacities or one's limitations or situations jhana training uh, encourages both to keep discarding what's not necessary Know, so it keeps us centering, centering, centering and discarding that, discarding that and um, protecting and enjoying the good, the qualities of the mind as it purifies so it so it's that attitude of homing in and but also enjoying you know deeply absorbing, taking in, absorbing and so. You know, if anything you do with that attitude, mm. you know, is going to help in the process of training the mind not to keep skipping on and not to go off into side side tracks <coughs> and stay on theme and and enjoy the good. Mm. This is this is this absolutely necessary. Mm. The degree to which your mind will stabilise into jhana takes time, maybe, you know, and your capacities, but their whole attitude is to always bear in mind, absorb into the good. When it's good, take it in, feel the quality of the good because this is going to enrich you. If you just skip on to the next thing, you didn't taste the fruit. You just picked it, but you didn't taste it. It doesn't doesn't have the deep effect. (coughs) So I'll take leave to pause for this evening. Um, close with the sharing of Punya Blessings whatever